for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. Christian, why does that word put a bad taste in some people's mouths? Maybe it's because too many Christians don't know how to follow Christ. Religion is one thing, but a relationship is something else entirely. Discover the difference. Join us for a new series about being a Christian atheist. Morning. How's everybody doing? Yes. If you're new here, it's the first time you probably don't realize I'm not the normal guy. I stand up here when the lights come up, right? So just so you know. And for those of you that do, I know probably half of you, at least half of you are thinking, where's, the, where's Jimmy? Where's the young guy with the dark hair and cool shoes and stuff? You know, what's up with the old guy with old hair and old glasses? I, I'm trying. And that's only because Brett's discipling me. My, my tennis shoe discipler, Brett. It's good to be here. It's, it's uh, my privilege. Uh, it's, my, it's humbling, and, and it's just a great privilege for me to be able to speak to you guys this morning. My name is Kent Fancher. I'm the campus pastor. Uh, this is the beginning of my third month. I've only been doing this for two months, but I've really been doing it for a lot longer than that. Let me just tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, since Jimmy gets to stand up here every week, week after week, and tell you stories and stuff, and you don't really know who I am, but you know who Jimmy is. I'm going to take a little bit of time here. Uh, I'm 60 years old. My wife and I have been married 38 years. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, uh, she's incredible. We met in college, first day of our semester year in college in 1975. If you want to know how old I am. Yeah, that's I already told you that. Um, so... Uh, we met, we got to be really good friends, fell in love our senior year, got married uh, after our senior year, and started having kids about a year later, and we had a, three kids by the time we'd been married five years, very involved in the church there. We went to college there where we went because both of us individually, separate from each other, went there because of the church. Uh, it was this church that had exploded on the campus of that college, and we got involved very much uh, bought in to the whole message about the church being the uh, God's method to get the, the kingdom message to people and the, the mystery of the cross, the message of that to people. Uh, so we've been bought into the church for, for many, many years. Uh, started leading worship when I was about 20. So about 40 years I, I've led worship. Uh, I was an elder there from about 25, not very old for an elder, but it was a young church, so it worked. Anyway, uh, we, uh, I was in leadership. I've been in leadership, and I've been called to help people get to know Jesus better and pastor people and love on people, shepherd people for about 40 years. And uh, it's just a privilege for me to, to be that, that kind of guy for you guys here at Grace Life. Uh, thank you for all your generosity, your faithfulness and giving, and I wouldn't be standing up here if it weren't for that. So thank you. I want to thank you for that. It has been a true honor for me to do this, and I, I just want to thank you for that. So we're in, a, we're in the last week of a series, on a book by Craig Groeschelle called The Christian Atheist, right? Uh, we, we believe in God, but we live as if he doesn't exist, is the subtitle. In the first week, we looked at believing in God, but living with yourself as king. Remember that? Jimmy covered that. In the second week, we talked about believing in God but not in forgiveness. 
And in the third week, we talked about believing in God, but not in his church. So here we are on the fourth week, the final week, believing in God, but, and I'm not going to tell you what that is just yet. Well, I'm going to tell you a story, see if you can guess, okay? So there's this pastor who asked his church to pray that God would shut down a neighborhood bar. So the church got together and had this prayer meeting, and they fervently prayed and asked God to rid the neighborhood of the evils of this bar. About, oh, three weeks later, God struck the bar with lightning, and it burned to the ground. Wow, that's a good answer. But the bar owner found out that they, the church had prayed, so he, he uh, sued the church. Yeah. And uh, so the court date came around finally, and, and the bar owner, uh, he argued his case with great excitement and vigor, and he said that, you know, told about how God had, had struck his bar with lightning because of the prayer of all these church members. And then the, the uh, pastor got up, and in his argument, he said, well, it's true, we did pray for God to, to shut down this bar, but my members, they didn't really believe that they would, God would do anything. The judge kind of leans back in his chair, and he looks at him sort of perplexed and amused, and he said, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. Here is a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and a pastor who doesn't. Ouch. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Power of prayer, prayer. We believe in God, but we don't really believe in prayer. And even when we do believe, we don't really live like we believe it, right? It happens in our lives, maybe on a day, maybe in a week, maybe in a season of your life. At some point in our lives, we live like we don't really believe in prayer, but we say we do. So that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. That's the fourth and the final series meeting of the uh, topic in this series. We don't believe in prayer. So uh, why is that? What, what, why don't we believe in prayer? I'll give you my reason, my main reason. My first and most main reason is I rely on myself. I do it myself. We live in a society that's a do-it-yourself society, don't we? We have a tendency to just think, I'll do it myself. And so we go at it, and we do it ourselves. I, I believe that, I think the root of that can be seen in my life from an early time. When I was 15 years old in my freshman year of high school, I broke both legs playing basketball. And it was because I decided, I'm going to do this myself. I'm going to work through the pain. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to start. I'm going to play. I'm going to do it, whatever it takes. And I had a thing called Oscar Slaughter disease. It's a growing, growing pains disease for kids when you're growing up. And the doctors said that the pain in my legs caused muscle cramps in the third quarter of a basketball game, and he snapped bones below my knees at the same time. And it was because I was doing it myself. There's that thing in us, isn't there? Do you, you sense that in me? There's a, there's, it's a habit almost. That you don't even really think about it. You just go at it and you do it. As a matter of fact, ironically enough, as I was preparing for this message, since I don't do this a whole lot, I was trying to work really hard at getting all the words right and stuff, I was doing exactly the same thing. 
I was doing it with all my effort, all my strength. I'm going to get this right. I'm going to get all my words right, my notes right. And all of a sudden, I'm, you know, about four or five days into it, I'm thinking, you know, I should be asking God what he wants me to say. How do you, know? you know, I should be praying about this, you know. I mean, I was praying about it a little bit, but I really was trying to do it myself. So that's the first reason. There's, there's, a, there's a few other reasons you might have. That might not be yours. Here's one that might be one yours. Feeling we're not good enough at it, right? You've got to get all your words right. It's got to sound eloquent, and, you know, I've got to, everything's got to be just right. But the thing is, what a lie. Because that's the, God wants us to pray honestly. He wants us to pray who we are. He doesn't want us to come with long, drawn-out prayers. He wants us to be honest and pour our lives out to him, doesn't he? Yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's one reason that some people don't, don't pray, that they do it themselves. <laughs> Another one is we, we're bored, being bored when we do pray. When prayer becomes an empty, meaningless ritual, it is boring. Remember, though, we've got to remember who it is we're praying to, who we're talking to, who we're having a communication with. It's the creator of the universe, right? I mean, think about it. You wake up in the morning. Maybe the first thing you want to do is just spend some time with the Lord. You're meeting with the creator of the universe. Awesome. When we take our thoughts off of ourselves and put them on God... When we make prayer about God and not about ourselves, prayer's going to be exciting. It's going to get really exciting. Yeah. So we're talking about prayer. Let me make sure you, we're all on the same page. Prayer is communicating with God, right? Communicating with God. It's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be talking. It could be thinking. There's a lot of different ways you can communicate, right? Uh, we... We communicate in gestures. My wife knows exactly what I'm thinking by just a gesture, you know. We, maybe that's why the Scripture says we, we look for his, the smile on his face. We, we pray for the, his countenance to be bright, God's countenance to be bright. Maybe we're looking for, you can sense God's expression in your life when you're, when you're with him and thinking about it. There's, there's more than one way to communicate. Amen. So our, life, our prayer would not be boring if we really realized who we were talking to, who we were thinking with as we drove down the road, who we were uh, singing with, whatever the communication might be. Another reason we don't pray, or we say we don't pray, we think our prayers won't actually make a difference. This is probably the deal breaker for most of us. We've prayed and God hasn't answered, or we thought he hasn't answered. He didn't answer the way we wanted him to. So after a few times of trying to pray and praying and asking, uh, instead of praying, we just don't even try anymore, right? So we, so we don't pray, we stop. But we've got to remember that our prayers do make a difference. So those are things we think, Right? We think those kind of things about prayer. They may impact you. One of those might impact you and your prayer life, your communication with God. Let's look and see what God thinks about prayer, okay? So if you would, open your Bibles if you brought them. If you're not, the words will be on the screen. We're going to look at some things that Paul said about prayer 
back in about the last tenth of your Bible, if you're looking, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul's writing to the Philippians, and he has these words to say to them about prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with your requests, I make your request known to God. With thanksgiving, sorry, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. That's what Paul's saying to the Philippians. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Let's stop for a minute, and let's just ask God, let's ask the Holy Spirit to talk to us from his word, to speak to us, each one of us. Let Holy Spirit, I pray right now, everybody in this room, that your word would go to them right where they are, right right where they need to hear you, God, right now, and make your word come alive to us. Thank you, God. I thank you that you do that in our lives. Anxious. Do not be anxious. Do not worry. There's a common way to say it. Don't worry about anything. That's probably a a biggie for Americans, we, we tend to worry about a lot of different things. Do not be restless. Anxious could be, mean restless or fretful or fearful or impatient. Do not be fearful. Do not be impatient about anything. But in all things, pray. In all things, pray. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Supplication. Let's talk about that word for a minute. It says prayer with, by prayer and supplication. Supplication is a specific kind of prayer. It's a, a, an appealing, a pleading, a, a crying out, desperate sort of cry, petition. Think about the word appeal. Uh, you, let's think about it. You're, you're in court, and you're looking for a certain kind of verdict from the judge, and you don't get what you're hoping for or wanting, and you appeal it. You come back. You come back and you ask for it again. You, you go through the process of getting another judgment. We do that in prayer week after week. You may have something that you're praying about that you're, you're fervent about and you need and you want God to answer you and you don't get what you, you expect or what you feel like you need. So you keep coming back and you keep crying out to God, God, give me this, Lord, my marriage or... My, something in my family, work, you know, just whatever it is, you keep coming back, you appeal. That's that supplication word. An interesting thing about this verse also is the word thanksgiving. See, it says, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. It's talking about the attitude that we have when we pray, the, the heart. There's something there about thanksgiving we pray with thanksgiving. What, what are we saying there? What, what's Paul saying? While you're praying about these things that mean so much to you and you're looking for a specific answer, you're, you're thanking God because you trust him. You know that he knows what's best, right? It's that sort of thanking God. That's going on while you're praying. You're thanking God because he knows what's best. He knows what you need more than you do even before you pray. But God wants us involved in it. He wants us praying. It says so right here, what we just read, in all things, pray. 
by prayer and with by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to God in all things pray it says there but in everything by prayer in all things pray there are other verses in the bible that back this up first in first Thessalonians a couple of cha- a couple of books later Paul writes in the letter to the Thessalonians rejoice always pray without ceasing pray without ceasing in everything give thanks he says it again in everything give thanks if you know the verse it, you're amazed at what it says next for this is the will of god for you you want to know what the will of god is i'm speaking as a pastor right now not as a teacher okay so hear what i'm saying I, it's not like jimmy cuz he's gifted as a teacher i'm not gifted particularly as a teacher i'm gifted as a pastor and i'm telling you as a pastor because it's good for you i want you to be healthy and growing spiritually I'm telling you, be thankful in all things. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. Because this is God's will for you. You want to know God's will? That's it. It's, that's it. You don't have to go out wondering what God's will is for you. Yeah, there's specific things in your life, but just pray about them. In all things, pray. Talk to God about everything. One more verse I want to look at, okay? Ephesians Chapter 3, verse 20. If you're going to your Bible, and it's back here on, behind me on the screen. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. One more time. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. See, part of our problem is we don't ask or think. You hear what I'm saying? We need to be praying about all things, and all things pray. And we need to be, in all prayers, trusting. We need to be trusting. We need to be doing that thankful part when we pray. With thanksgiving, we pray. Here's the, here's the problem. There's an elephant in the room, and probably everybody in here is thinking it. Maybe not everybody, but most of us are thinking this. We don't think our prayers work. So, I mean, even he's not even giving me what, what I ask or think, much less beyond, above what I ask or think, right? What about those times when you're praying and God's, you, you, don't, you feel like God's not answering? It's an unanswered prayer. I mean, how many of you right now have an unanswered prayer right now? You don't have to raise your hand. How many of you? Yeah. I, I know if, I, if you had you raise your hand, probably just about everybody in here would raise your hand. You know, how many of you have an unanswered prayer that just doesn't make any sense? You just don't get it. What is going on? This seems like it would be the will of God. Why, why am I not getting an answer to the prayer? So the thing is, again, God, God knows exactly what we need. And he's going to give it to us right when we need it. Because he knows not only what we need, but when we need it. Amen? He does. So the problem really is we just don't really believe Ephesians 3, verse 20. He is going to do all and far exceedingly more than we ask or think. He really is. Let me tell you a story about my family. I have a daughter that lives in Arkansas. Her name's Allie. She's married to a neat guy named CJ. They've been married about eight years. When Allie was a teenager uh, in Arkansas where we lived and where she still lives, she was like the premier babysitter. Everybody wanted Allie to babysit because she loved kids. She loved kids. 
sorry. Uh, she even took her first year off after high school and went to uh, Africa, spent some time in Africa with, orf- uh, with an orphanage. She loved kids. After about two years of being married, she wasn't having children. They wanted children really bad. We started praying. Family started praying. She started praying. CJ started praying, asking God. You know, children are a gift from God. This has got to be God. He's, he's not answering, right? We're, it's taking longer than we think it should. She, uh, she keeps praying. We get together for Christmas. No kids for her. Nathan, my son, he'll, about five years ago, he brought home a son. He brings a son to Christmas with him, Miles. We keep praying for Allie. Two years later, Nathan brings another son home. He's got two. Still no, no children for Allie. We're praying. You can feel this, just the anguish in, in Allie and in us. We're just crying out to God. Um, this keeps going on. About two years ago, before Christmas, early, you know, like October or so, um, Allie calls. She's talking to Lane, my, my wife, and says, uh, man, I just... I dread coming home now because I come home. I mean, she loves her nephews, loves them like crazy, but she keeps coming back home without any children. Well, they had become foster parents uh, a year or two before that, and they were taking care of kids that needed help. And when Lane got that call from Allie, just, it just broke her heart, my, my wife, and she just started, she said, well, if, if I'm going to pray and ask for, for children, for them, or even the hope of children, why not just ask for a daughter, too, while I'm at it? So she started asking for a daughter. That was in October, about two years ago. In November, um, Allie gets a call from, from the hospital, says, we've got a child here that needs foster parents. Ten days old, little Avery. Huh. So Avery comes home, and Avery comes to Christmas with Allie that, that December. So there's, there's the first answer to prayer. Not what we were expecting, but what we got, and it was better than what we were expecting. And then we went through a battle. They went through a battle to actually get the... And some of you were involved in the prayer for that. Little Avery uh, went through a battle to, to adopt her. There was some struggles there. It took about a year of, of praying and court decisions and stuff, and uh, so we got out, got Avery. Later in uh, the next year after Christmas, they brought home a girl, little girl, seven-year-old girl named Molly. Molly is now a daughter, just to get, get to the end of the story really quick. Molly is eight years old now. Avery's 22, 23 months old. God did far more than I could ask or think. I had no idea. You know, not only does my daughter and her son and her, and her husband, not only do they have not only one daughter, but two, they have a family. But there are two girls out there that have a family that didn't have a family. See, God does far more than we could ask or think. And we don't always get it because it's not always what we think. But God knows what we need more than we do. We just need to pray in all things, pray. And in all prayers, trust. 
It may not look like what you think it's going to look like. It may not look like what I think it's going to look like. It's going to be so much better than what we think or what we ask for. You hear what I'm saying? God is good. God is good. God's going to give us what we need and what we want. Do we trust Him? Do we really trust Him? Do you... Man, it's hard to put into words what God will do. We sang it. No ear has heard, no eye has seen the image of the Father. But then Jesus came to the earth. Yeah. Man. So here's the thing. Here's what I want you to, I'm gonna, here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do with this. Here's your application, okay? In all things pray. In all things pray. And in all prayers trust. Appeal, like we talked about, in all things pray. Appeal to God for things. You don't if you don't if you're not you feel like you're not breaking through, keep on praying. Don't stop. Keep on praying. In all things pray. And in all prayers, trust. God's idea of what you need and when you need it might not be the same as yours. But his idea is perfect. His plan's perfect. Yeah? Yeah. We need to come to grips with the truth that God wants our best. Just like he wanted what was best for Allie and CJ and our family. He wants what's best for us. Okay, so here's my challenge to you. In all things, pray. In all prayers, trust. Find a place in your life that becomes just you and God. My wife has a place where she walks under trees over on Clemson Park. They're big live oak trees, and every time she gets under those trees, she starts praying the Lord's Prayer. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. She prayed for little girls under those trees. She prayed her heart out to God. Imagine what would happen in your life. Imagine what's going to happen in our lives. I'll put it that way, because it's going to happen. God's at work. Imagine what will happen in our lives when we move our focus of prayer, of our communication with God, from ourselves to God and say, you're going to do it. You keep praying, keep praying what's in your heart, being yourself in prayer, but you turn the focus to God. Prayer is going to become fresh and exciting. It's even going to be fun for you. It'll be like talking to a close friend. You sense that? You believe that? We can have that sort of communication with God. Why would we, in the world would we not want to communicate with God? If, if our relationship with Jesus is the most important thing in our lives. Why would we not communicate with Him? About everything. Why not? That's my challenge to you. In all things pray. In all prayers trust. That's why we wear these bracelets around here. You see some people wearing these bracelets. It says pray first. I need it. You know, like I told you. I realized, hey, I'm getting ready for this message, and all of a sudden, you know, I should be praying about what I'm saying in that instead of just gathering information and scriptures and stuff. 
in all things pray in all prayers trust pray first there, there's bracelets out there on the way out grab you grab one if you don't have one if you want one grab your bracelet put it around your wrist start doing this if you're not already doing it some of you are already doing it if you're not doing this pray first in all things pray in all prayers trust sound good thanks for listening so intent, uh, attentively and all that yeah okay some of you haven't actually started this relationship right there, there may be a, some of you out there that haven't started this conversation with God this ongoing constant communication with God I want to give you a chance to do that right now we do this every every Sunday at Grace Life and I want to do this for you right now okay so will bow your heads with me and if you want to start this relationship with Jesus just pray this prayer with me Jesus thank you for dying for me I want to live for you I thank you for your love and your forgiveness your mercy and God it's my prayer that you would uh, give my life great purpose and great meaning in your kingdom. Thank you, God. Amen. Welcome here. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those people right now. Thanks for listening to the Grace Life Podcast. For more information about us, you can go to gracelife.me. That's gracelife.me. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com backslash gracelifeme and on Twitter at Grace Life Church. Mm-hmm.